0: Hello, I'm Clive Nash. Welcome to Let God Speak. When we say nothing lasts forever, we are speaking from the perspective of our mortality. Most of the things we make wear out. Only God is eternal. Only He is everlasting. So is His covenant with fallen, sinful humanity. Today, we will look at the everlasting covenant through the pages of the Bible book of Deuteronomy. So, Take your Bible and come with us as we begin. Well, on our panel today we have Harold Hager and Hannah Nakagawa. It's good to have you with us, uh, gentlemen good and lady. Thank you. Uh, good to be with us today. But before we begin our our study, let's uh, pray. Our loving Father in heaven, we just want to thank you for the Bible. We thank you that we have an unfailing guide for yes. this life and for life eternal. And as we study toge- together today, we pray that you'll be here to bless us by the Holy Spirit. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Well, to begin, I'd like to read a a text from the last book of the Bible, Revelation chapter 14 and verse 6. Then I saw another angel flying in the midst of heaven, having the everlasting gospel to preach to those who dwell on the earth, to every nation, tribe, tongue and people. Um, This text mentions the word everlasting in the connection with the gospel, Harold, and um, What does that mean, this word everlasting?
1: Well, John uses a Greek word, ionios, and from that we get our English word, eons. It means eternal, it's age-long, and it's always been there, no beginning, no end. The everlasting gospel has always existed, and its good news is unchanging. You know, we can rely on it, and... uh, it's all about worshipping the Creator. Let me read for you Titus 1, 2, and it says, In hope of eternal life, which God, who cannot lie, promised before time began. That's everlasting.
0: Mm-hmm. Okay. Thanks for that, Harold. Um, another text that I'd like us to have a look at is in Hebrews chapter 13. And verse twenty, because the word everlasting comes up here also, and, but in connection with the covenant which we're right. particularly talking about, um, Hebrews thirteen verse twenty says, "Now may the God of peace, who brought up our Lord Jesus Christ from the dead, that great Shepherd of the sheep, through the blood of the everlasting covenant." Uh, so this speaks here about Jesus Christ providing the the blood of the the everlasting or the eternal covenant. Mm-hmm. Um, this idea of a covenant, Hannah, how, how early does it appear in scriptures?
2: Yes. So we go to the first book of the Bible, Genesis and Genesis chapter 17 and verse seven, it says, And I will establish my covenant between me and you and your descendants after you in their generations for an everlasting covenant to be God to you and your descendants after you. So here, under this everlasting covenant, the name Abram was changed to Abraham, which means the father of the uh, great multitude of nations. But later, um, this covenant would be broken. Um, If we see Isaiah chapter 24, verse 5, it says this, the earth is also defiled under its inhabitants because they have transgressed the laws, changes the ordinance. So it does not mean that the everlasting covenant disappeared. It is still everlasting like the gospel itself. And mm. there's a link between the gospel and the everlasting
0: covenant. Mm. Yeah, thanks for that. It, it's interesting to notice um, another passage and that's found in the Gospel of Mark. If we turn over to the New Testament, in Mark chapter 12, and verses 29 to 31, uh, Jesus is answering the, the question here of the scribes. And he says, the, the first of all the commandments is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. So I'm reading here from Mark chapter uh, 12, verse 29. And then verse 30, And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. So Jesus is really Speaking here again of Old Testament admonition, mm. Eh? Mm. Uh, he's quoting from the Old Testament, and he says, "This is the first commandment." And verse thirty-one, and the second, like it, is this: "You shall love the neighbour, your neighbour as yourself." Yeah. There is no other commandment greater than these. So there seems to be a relationship, uh, Harold, between God's saving grace and. And our response, doesn't there? How do, you, how do you see that?
1: Well, we can't earn salvation. You can't buy it. It comes as a gift from God. You can't buy a gift and God gives it. And we love him because he first loved us. And, you know, the love of God then is perfected in us. Let me read this one from First John chapter 2 and verse 5. But whoever keeps his word truly... The love of God is perfected in him. Mm -hmm. By this we know that we are in him. So if we love his commandments, we show that we have accepted this great gift that he's given to us.
0: Mm, Well, you know, everyone likes a gift, don't they? (laughs) Sure do. (laughs) And, uh, you know, there's that famous text, of course, that reminds us that the the wages of sin is death, but the the gift gift of God. God. His eternal okay. life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. And that's a, a lovely thought. Mm-hmm. You know, God made a, a covenant or agreement, which is even earlier than the one you mentioned, uh, Hannah, yes. with Abram. Yep. Uh, he made a, a, an agreement with, with Noah at yes. the time of the, of the flood. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but what about uh, Abram? Yes.
2: Let me read uh, Genesis chapter 12, verse 1 to 3. It says, Now the Lord has said to Abram, Verse 1 is a condition of the obedience. And verse 2 and 3, it is, of, it is the promise of the blessing. And um, let me go to um, Romans chapter 4, Romans chapter 4, um, verse 1 to 5 as well. It says, What then shall we say that Abraham, our father has found according to the flesh? For if Abraham was justified by works, he has something to boast about, but not before God. For what does the scripture say? Abraham believed God, and it was counted to him for righteousness. Now to him who works, the wages are not counted as grace, but as debt. But to him who does not work, but believes on him who justified the ungodly, his faith is counted for righteousness." So this brings out the truth the essence of the everlasting covenant is the gospel and um, the good news that God saves us by, um, by His grace through our faith. So we receive the gift of salvation by, um, by His grace and through our faith that it is the gift that we cannot earn. We cannot um, please God by our works but we receive um, as a gift.
0: Mm. Yeah. Um, I'd like to um, to consider Galatians, see what Paul has to say here in uh, writing to the Galatian church, uh, Galatians three and verse six, where it says, "Just as Abraham believed God, and it was accounted to him for righteousness." So he's backing up what what you've just mm-hmm. been reading here, Hannah. <laughs> um, but uh, was this um, was this message of salvation? You know, Abraham, of course, was a you know, belong to the Hebrew faith. Was it just for Jews, this message?
2: That's a good question. And I would like to read the verse after Galatians chapter 3, verse 7 to um, 9. It says, therefore, know that only those who are of faith are sons of Abraham. And the scripture foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith preached the gospel to Abraham beforehand saying in new all the nations shall be blessed. So then those who are of faith are blessed with believing Abraham. So Abraham was. Of course, Jewish, but now Gentiles a- is able to um, receive this blessing of salvation of the gospel message as well. Doesn't matter Jewish or Gentiles or Australian or um, Japanese. But <laughs> yeah, um, n- not matter. Uh, it doesn't matter the nations, but the faith in God, mm. like the Abraham mm. had.
0: Yeah, it's mm. a wonderful privilege, isn't it, that we can all be part of spiritual Israel uh, today just by believing as as Abraham believed. Mm -hmm. Um, There's a lovely text in Jeremiah, uh, Jeremiah back in the Old Testament, chapter 31 and verse 33. It mentions the word covenant here again, this agreement idea. But this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, says the Lord. I will put my law in their minds and write it on their hearts, and I'll be their God, and they shall be my people. So, uh, Harold, this idea of law in the in the minds or in the heart was this this God's ideal?
1: Well, if it comes to the heart,
0: we always say that's
1: where love is. Mm. Love and the heart go together. And if God puts His law in your heart, mm. there must be love for Him. And you know, uh, it's got to be a love relationship. Mm. If I follow him, if I love him, because what he's done for me, I will want to just do what he does, yes. what he's done in my life. Let me read for you something from Leviticus. That's back in the Old Testament. And I'm reading from chapter 26, verse 12. God is talking and he says, I will walk among you and be your God mm. and you shall be my people. Notice the relationship there. Then he says, I am the Lord your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt and that you should not be their slaves. I have broken the bands of your yoke and made you walk upright. You know, Jeremiah, when he wrote in chapter 31, he's just taking what was here in Leviticus. It's a relationship. This covenant is always between two. Between God and his people. And then it goes on to say, but if you do not obey me and do not observe all these commandments, and if you despise my statutes, or if your soul abhors my judgments, so that you do not perform all my commandments, but break my covenant. A covenant is something that's in our day, it's signed. It's like signed, sealed, and delivered. You don't want to change it. And if I have this relationship with God, I won't want to change it because I just love Him and He loves me.
0: Mm. Yeah, I know. When I was doing my business certificate uh, course, uh, they, they told us there that a, a verbal agreement yeah. is binding in law just as much as a written agreement right. is. Mm. And, and a lot of the verbal agreements in the Old Testament, of course, were they were just the, God the the uh, the greater speaking to right. Abraham or to a nation as the mm-hmm. lesser power. Right. Yeah. And so they're certainly binding agreements. Um, I'd like to, to read Deuteronomy now. We're, we're particularly studying this book of Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy chapter 9 and verse 5 says, It is not because of your righteousness or the uprightness of your heart that you go in to possess their land. Now, these are the words of Moses. And he says, goes on to say, but because of the wickedness of these nations that the Lord your God drives them out from before you. And, and this is the important part, and that he may fulfill the word which the Lord swore to your fathers, to Abraham, Isaac and Jacob. Yes. So, so what relevance does a, a promise like this old promise here, Hannah, you know, it seems so long ago. What, what how important is that to us today?
2: Yes. I guess, um, pro- possessing the land of, um, land of, um, yeah, p- promised land was not something that they could, um, yeah, receive the credit for. It was, um, it was the God's grace who could, um, oh. fulfill and it was not their righteousness. And if we read the same chapter, And verse 27, it says this, Remember your servants, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Do not look on the stubbornness of these people or on their wickedness or their sins. And the Israel, they're also all to the intercession of the Moses as well. And without Moses' intercession, we might not know. Um, And... So God's covenant of grace was at work here that time. But it is also applied to us. God's grace is for us as well. And his grace is sufficient for us. That um, It's something that um, if we open our heart to him, it is something that we can receive.
0: Mm. It's one of the precious promises of God, isn't it? Sure. Talking about promises, uh, we have—you may have a promise box. We certainly have a promise box. Yeah. Little rolled-up promises from Scripture, and they're very precious to us. Um, does God remember His promises uh, too, Harold? Well, we read earlier that God doesn't lie. So that's
1: true. But here is one right back in Exodus. Now, Exodus is a story where they came out of Egypt and it reads this way in chapter two. So God heard their groaning and God remembered his covenant with Abraham, with Isaac and with Jacob. God must be a God of compassion. If he says these are my people, he wants to take them out from being slaves They were groaning under the oppression of the Egyptians. And God's heart just feels for them and says, I've made a promise and I'm going to keep it. The promise I made with Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. And he wants to take his people out of Egypt. Mm.
0: Okay, so God brought Israel to Mount Sinai where he gave the Ten Commandments. Uh, An element of the, the covenant was obedience. But was there another element, Harold? Sure. Well, right in the beginning when God gave the commandments,
1: this is what he said, and you'll find those commandments in Exodus chapter 20. But let me read right at the beginning. I am the Lord, your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. If God has done all this for you, these are a few things I'm going to ask you now. Mm. God shows his love and then says, this is my way.
0: Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, families have rules. Yes, um, yeah. <laughs> countries have rules, uh, which can vary from one country to another. And is is law a vital with to our experience with God, Hannah?
2: Yes. Sometimes when we hear the word rules or law, we might think, oh, it's restrictive. But it's not the case um, because we have been saved by His grace, and He changes our heart to desire to. Um, do God's will as well, and um, yeah, we want to please Him. As um, yeah, Harold was saying, uh, we want to please Him. We want to do something um, good. And um, I remember um, Psalm forty verse eight. It said, "I delight to do Your will," and it's no longer something that you know burdensome. We don't do this. We don't obey. Obedience is not something that we must do, but mm. we want to do.
0: Yeah. Because A hard experience. Of, yes. Mm. Yeah. And when we talk about the um, the everlasting covenant, uh, what's vital about the the book of Deuteronomy, Harold?
1: Well, Deuteronomy uses this word covenant, the Hebrew word beret Here, it occurs so often in Deuteronomy, it can be called the book of the covenant, or the book of God's promise to His people. Now, it was mentioned right later on in 2 Kings. Let me read 2 Kings 22 and verse 8, and it says, Then Hilkiah the high priest said to Shaphan the scribe, I have found the book of the law in the house of the Lord. And Hilkiah gave the book to Shaphan, and he read it. Now, this is interesting because the book had been lost. And now they've found it. And again, it says in the next chapter, And the king went up to the house of the Lord with all the men of Judah and with him all the inhabitants of Jerusalem, the priests and the prophets and all the people, both small and great. And he read in their hearing all the words of the book of the covenant, which had been found in the house of the Lord. So the book of the covenant is now being read, God's promises and what he would do for them. Mm-hmm.
0: Yes, uh, th- this could, could very well refer to the book of Deuteronomy. It's sometimes called the book of the covenant. Um, it may also refer to all of the writings of Moses Correct. Uh, as well. Um, I'd like to, to go back to Deuteronomy now. And Deuteronomy chapter 4 and verse 13 Uh, which says, So he declared to you, that's uh, Moses speaking about God, he declared to you his covenant, which he commanded you to perform the Ten Commandments, and he wrote them on two tablets of stone. Hannah, here's God speaking at Sinai, but uh, then later he speaks again at Moab, just as they're about to enter the promised land. Again, he upholds his law. Uh, Was this uh, a reminder of a much earlier agreement? Yes.
2: So the covenant was made before the foundation of the world. Um, I want to read a quote from the book called The Desire of Ages, page 834. It says, before the foundations of the world were laid, the Father and the Son united in a covenant to redeem man if he should be overcome by Satan. They cl- um, clasped their hands in a solemn pledge that Christ should become the surety for the human race.
0: Mm, lovely assurance, isn't it? Sure. Uh, Harold, so here we got this picture of the, the children of Israel about to enter the promised land. And, and what was the culture of the land like that they were going to enter?
1: Well, the people that lived in that land of Canaan they were pagans. They had human sacrifices. Mm. If you, The Edomites practiced that. And you had many little statuettes of Baal, the Baal god. And you find them today in the Louvre Museum in Paris. And so they worshiped these gods of nature. And uh, society was evil. It was depraved. And the practices were abominable. Let me read you one thing from Second Kings, chapter 23 and verse 10. And he defiled Topheth, which is in the valley of the son of Hinnom, that no man might make his son or his daughter pass through the fire to Moloch. Can you imagine parents taking their little baby and putting it in the red hot arms of this pagan God. Mm. And God says, don't do that. That was what happened in the land where he was taking his people. Mm. And so he says, that is not what you should
0: be doing. Yeah. Were there other warnings that that God gave Israel? Yes.
1: If we see
2: um, Deuteronomy chapter 18, verse 9 to 12, God gives us, uh, give them uh, the warning of to avoid wicked custom. Uh, From verse 9, it says, when you come into the land which the Lord your God has given you, you shall not learn to follow the abominations of those nations. There shall not be found among you anyone who makes his son or his daughter pass through the fire or one who practices witchcraft or sorcerer, or one who interprets omens or sorcerers or one who conjures spells or mediums or spiritualists or one who calls up the dead for all who do these things are an abomination to the Lord and because of these abominations the Lord your God drives them out from before you." So um, the child sacrifice was um, yeah, prohibited, fortune-telling, sorcerers. These are the things that from the sa- satanic devices. So God very clearly told them not to.
0: Mm. And, and we're living in you know in a Western society country yeah. here in Australia, but the, you know, people are falling for these deceptions even today, aren't they? So mm-hmm. this is a very relevant it is. Uh, prohibition. Yes. And it wasn't something that God's just saying, look, you know, this is good and I want you to keep it, keep it away from you. Uh, He he wants the welfare of his people, doesn't he? Mm -hmm. In giving these prohibitions Mm -hmm. and they're just as relevant to us today. Um, So uh, what was the, uh, the underlying reason behind forbidding pagan practices, Harold? Well, God wanted them to worship him.
1: And if you worship him, you live like him. You are living a holier life. And let me read you this one from Deuteronomy, which is the book of the covenant. And that he will set you high above all nations, which he has made in praise, in name and in honour. And that you may be a holy people to the Lord your God, just as he has spoken. So God wants his nature, his holiness Mm. to be reproduced in his people. Mm. And so don't do these heathen practices. You're coming to
0: worship me and live for me. Amen. Mm. So is there a lesson uh, for us in this, Hannah?
2: Yes, definitely. It is for us as a spiritual Israel as well that God is calling spiritual Israel to be faithful to the covenant as well. Um, Yeah, I'm from Japan and they are. People believe in different gods, you know, in different nature or things like that. But God in heaven are different. He is the living God who is able to change us. As, um, as Harold said, we are called to be holy and peculiar people.
0: Mm. Harold, um, when we look at the book of Deuteronomy, are there any other images that God uses to describe himself and his people? Sure. He talks about being a father to them. Let me read
1: this one. You should know in your heart that as a man chastens his son, so the Lord your God chastens you. Father-son relationship. Now, here's another one. Verse chapter 14. You are the children of the Lord your God. Now, here is children. Here is a father and a son. And uh, it goes on for you are a holy people. Mm -hmm. Verse two to the Lord, your God and the Lord has chosen you to be a people for himself, a special treasure Mm. above all the peoples who are on the face of the earth. God wants that exclusive relationship that they would just worship him and live for him as a father and as children.
0: Mm. And uh, then, of course, as his children, we have an inheritance. And, uh, you know, that's a, a lovely thought too, sure. isn't it? And, uh, and Paul also adds the idea that we uh, have the are being adopted uh, as sons. And uh, Harold, is, is that a nice picture of being adopted? Sure is. It means you've been brought into that family
1: and you're counted as one of that family.
0: Yeah, I like what it says in the New Living Translation of uh, Ephesians 1, 5 and 6, where it says, God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure.
1: Amen.
0: Yeah, Amen. what a lovely thought. You know, there's a song that says, I'm so glad I belong to the family of God. You be- you happy to belong to that family? Belonging is everything. Yeah.
2: Amen. Yeah.
0: Well, you know, the, the fall of mankind into sin did not catch God without a plan. And the Father and God, the Son, Jesus Christ, covenanted together to save us. God's everlasting covenant is still reaching out to you and me today. The grace of God calls us to obedient lives that fulfill his destiny for us. That destiny is not only rich and rewarding lives here and now, but life that is as everlasting as his covenant. Well, we're glad you joined us on Let God Speak today. Remember, all past programs plus teacher's notes are available on our website, 3abnaustralia.org.au. You can email us if you wish on lgs at 3abnaustralia.org.au. Join us again next time. God bless.